The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to Zeitgeist Lab Collections from Itchy Grundle Podcast. In Collection 3, Brian and Alex metaphorically traveled north to Canada to investigate the Canadian content that seems to be pervasive everywhere. This is Episode 12, Fucked Up, David Comes to Life. So this is an intro specifically for this episode. Hello, my name is Alex. His name is Fed This is the Zeitgeist Lab Collections. Today we have a guest. Her name is Veronica. Let's pod together till the stars go out. <laughs> wow. Welcome to the Zeitgeist Lab Collections podcast. Wow. That was incredible. Thank you. I feel so welcomed. <laughs> Someone tried to call me in the middle of that too, so a little bit of it got cut off, but it's okay. It was That's unfortunate. <laughs> it, it really is. But I'll I'll hear it back in the episode. Like I'm I'm exactly. excited to listen. <laughs> right. So for those of you who couldn't understand my amazing screaming, this is the Zeitgeist Lab Collections Podcast. I am Alex with Brian. Um, also known yeah. as the Fentuzler, because that's how many syllables I needed. And we're joined this week by Veronica, co-host of Thank You for the Podcast, also known as Toes.exe. What's going on, guys? Hi. Um, uh, I just got done with dinner with my mom, and now I'm here. That's what's going on with me. Nice. And what was for dinner? Uh, we went to a restaurant known as Rockney's. Uh, okay. I don't know if they have them other places. It might be an Ohio thing, but uh, yeah, it's Americana. It's, no, no, just Rockneys. Um, oh. I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just like bad American diner type thing. Uh, it was fine. It was it was fine. She had a good time. That's all that matters. Right. Yeah. It's Christmas time. We got to keep our moms happy. Yeah. It was her birthday too today. Uh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's why we went to to that. I'm I'm gonna do the Christmas stuff here uh, soon enough. Gotcha. Okay. And Brian, how how are you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty great, man. Pretty great. So that means you're pretty well high. <sighs> yeah. No, I I like took a half day at work, came home, got really high, and listened to uh, late two thousands deathcore. <laughs> nice. Okay. Nice. I'm yeah. not even sure what that means, but I love it. <laughs> you know, like bands like Despised Icon and um, Annotations of an Autopsy, that kind of shit. Yeah, I can make my own assumptions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I could use context clues. Like, I, you know, if you showed me, I don't think I'd be surprised is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, check it out. It's really good. I, I just might. I just might do that. <laughs> I'm really yeah. Uh, often, like you were praising me for my rec- my music recommendations. So. I was, I was, and I meant that like for real. That's how you know I meant it because I said it off mic. True. Right. Yeah. True. That's where the real truth is spoken is when <laughs> when the red lights off. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm so excited to be here for this episode, though. I really am. And we're like we're really excited to have you. I think that you are of all the people that I know anyway, I think you're the expert on on what we're here to talk about. And again, if it's not clear from one, the narrator's announcement at the beginning of the episode, and then two, my amazing screaming, we are here to talk about uh, the band fucked up. 
and their album David Comes to Life. But we'll get to that in just a few minutes. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Is there any like is there any, any business to take care of at the top here, Brian? Um, no, not really. I can't think of anything. I don't have any interesting stories from work. Okay. Lately, other Do you have than any- like off mic, we're talking about the. The lady that sits behind me that has like a cartoon character voice that I have to listen to all day. Like which cartoon character? Like Yosemite Sam or no? Like like a like an adult woman doing the voice for like a young girl. Okay. Hmm. okay. Like Angelica from the Rugrats or something. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Did you, did you guys watch the the Cowboy Bebop, Cowboy Bebop? The, no, the, no, no. The uh, the the real life version. Yeah. No. That's fair. Did no. you? Oh, she's like the lady that sits behind me. Also, sounds like um, Edward from that show. Oh, really? That's fun. Um, yeah, yeah, I've been, I've been watching it. Uh, I'm kind of bouncing back and forth between that and a few things, but uh, yeah, I've been watching it. Is it any good? Uh, it's it's pretty good. I like. I think people are I shitting on it. I think people are shitting on it unnecessarily. I don't think it's as bad as they're saying. I think expectations are too high. <laughs> um, and man, that trailer was bad though. I'll admit the trailer makes it look like dog shit. Um, <laughs> the show's kind of weird. Like if you've never watched the anime i wouldn't recommend watching it because you'll be like you won't be lost plot wise because like there's barely a fucking plot to follow sometimes but uh you'll be lost like tonality wise uh the show has like a really weird tone to it to begin with and then them translating it the way that they've done into this live action version and you know with the minor modifications that they've done would be enough to lose like an audience but I don't know. If you're a fan of the show and, like, I don't know. If you don't mind a few small changes and shit, it's, it's not bad. But don't go out of your way to watch it if it's not your kind of thing. Yeah, I'm probably not going to watch it. Yeah, I doubt no. I will ever watch it. Yeah. No, I, I don't blame you. Like, I, I think the first episode's fun, but, like, it's an hour long. But then some episodes are, like, 30 minutes long. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on with that. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. It's... That's been fun for me, but I've also been rewatching the original alongside it, so that's been really fun too. Nice. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah so, the original's pretty great. So before we get to our our normal um, segment here, where we receive questions um, at our Grundle, I had a question for you, and that is like, what's going on with your podcast? It's is it just non-existent anymore, or is it just on hiatus? Oh, we're just really busy. Just really Honestly. busy, okay. Yeah, like, uh, Frank's working full-time again, which is cool. Um, and then I've been doing stuff with the band more, and we had, like, God, that Halloween show really threw us for a loop, too, man. That was a lot of practicing I had to do for that. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that was, like, I was like, hey, I'm not doing, like, anything but this, like, in my free time for, like, this whole two months leading up to it because I've really committed to something here. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I I don't know. We're just kind of taking it a little slower these days, you know. Gotcha. Not trying to worry, not trying to worry so much about it. Focus on life. But we we also we're still making plans for it. Like we still have a lot that we really want to do for it, and like new stuff we want to try. And like we're also probably going to upload some non mychem related stuff to it as well. Uh, 
that won't be, you know, it'll be separate from the the main thing, but it'll still be on on our podcast channel. Okay. We just want to talk about other stuff is all. Well, that's okay. Well, that's good. I wasn't sure what was going on. Yeah. This is this is like your first time in front of a podcast mic in like at least a month, and even that, you've only done like one episode since your your big nine eleven. Yeah, nine eleven. God, the nine eleven episode was really good though. I think. <laughs> well, I, like we we really course. we really dove deep into that one, man. I I I was impressed with how how much research was put into it, um, <laughs> and I and I was on it. So right. Well. But, uh, yeah, that's just kind of that's just kind of it. Like nothing, nothing crazy. Okay, good. I wasn't sure if maybe like one of you is dead. I mean, obviously not you since you're here. Or no in jail or I don't no, know. No, we're both. Happened. No, we're both cool. But yeah, just oh, life's been kind of busy and like you know how the holidays can be on all of us. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, look forward to more of that. Uh, we'll be we'll be doing more of my chem episodes, and we'll also probably be doing some other things too. To uh, to entertain ourselves and just to add some variety to it, you know? Well, great. All right. Well, we'll look forward to that. Okay, Brian, what news do you bring from the Grundle this week? And Veronica here will be able to answer. I, I think we only got one question. It's a really fucking stupid question, but let's just get through this. Yeah, thing. we only got one here today. Oh, I think um, I know what it is, too. Yeah. Well, Veronica, be, be our guest. And... um. Like, you, you usually suggest something. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't even know I was going to be the guest. Uh, <laughs> That's very last minute, yes. Yeah, I was like, I was like at work. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, so I, I don't, I don't have anything. Uh, but that's not why I didn't ask a question. I just, I just didn't feel like it this week. Um, okay, that's, all right. that's fair. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't have anything good to ask either. Like I thought, I thought what I asked last week was pretty good, um, and I was like, I just don't have anything to top that right now. Well, you know what? Yeah, I, you I appreciate that. Good topics for us, but I appreciate that when you have nothing good to ask, you just say nothing because uh, butter muffin does not follow that idea. So, <laughs> Brian, why don't you go ahead and and ask this question for us? <clears throat> Yeah, Butter Muffin wants to know six or eight feet igloo. And there's a poll which has a whopping two votes. I was one of the votes, and I don't remember what I even clicked. (laughs) I'm the other one, and I also don't remember what I clicked. (laughs) (laughs) So one of us... Yeah, well, yeah. Well, someone said six feet, and the other person said eight feet. So I feel like I said eight. Butter Muffin says, I guess I'll go with seven feet. You know, okay. just meet in the middle. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's real. Um, uh, That's some real, like, libertarian type talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Butter Muffin super well, um, so. Well, consider uh, yourself lucky. Uh, well, so if I know, so we know that we answered. So, Brian, I think you need to answer. Would you go with a six foot or an eight foot igloo? I'd go for eight foot. You know, you got more room. Okay. Yeah, I think that's why I said that too. I mean, it's more work, I guess, but you do have more igloo. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, presuming you have to build it, the pole wasn't very uh, wasn't very clear. That's true, but we know that Butter Muffin tries building an igloo, so I assume he's the one building it. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. He is yeah. the resident igloo builder. I see. So, Butter Muffin, thanks for the question. Please don't keep them coming. Uh, that should, I think that wraps up our, our, uh, 
questions from the Grundle. So let's let's just get into this thing. Uh, just much like last week, I have just been so fucking busy with life that I cannot fathom researching uh, a podcast episode. And also, unlike uh, Frank and Veronica, I cannot fathom taking a break from this. So uh, I, I, I've invited Veronica here to be our resident expert about the album we're talking about, which is Fucked Up, David Comes to Life. So I don't know. Give, give us the overview. I know that this is an album that you are fairly passionate about. Is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, um, I might get kind of emotional on this episode. I don't know. Hopefully, that's I perfect. Won't. That's according to. Oh, hold on, let me check. According to Toes.exe, that is when this podcast is its best. So, ah, true. Uh, so, <laughs> I'll do my best to hold it together. But um, so uh, okay, I'll, I'll start with just the record itself. Um, so at this point in Fucked Up's career, they're you know they started this hardcore band making just like you know skate punk slash hardcore type shit it's fast it's whatever uh it's fun and eventually they're like oh we should write you know more complex music i guess uh so they start doing that they get a lot of like metal influences going uh i think their big record that they end up releasing that wins them like a lot of awards is a chemistry of common life and then this i believe is the follow-up to that if i have my timeline correct um david comes to life Okay. And David Comes to Life is usually described in so many words as a rock opera. I know the band doesn't like to describe it that way, and I, I, I get why. But um, yeah, it is essentially their rock opera in the sense that it's very narrative heavy. There's well-defined characters for the most part. Um, it's their American Idiot. Yeah, it really is. It's their Black Parade. It's whatever man like it, it's their record that they did that thing with mm-hmm. uh their tommy i guess is the first like big one that a lot of people talk about you know is, sure. is when it comes sure, to a, yeah. a, a, a rock opera i think there's not there's not really a better one to compare all of them to um so that's that's what they end up making essentially but it, it, you have to keep in mind it's it's a band that has written nothing like this before like occasionally you get a song that has a little bit of indie rock in it or uh, is a bit psychedelic, but for them to go this exact route with like the whole record um, and to have it sound so like, I don't know, concise, like everything kind of fits together real well, like tonally, I think, and sonically Mm -hmm. it's, it's really interesting. Uh, It's kind of impressive when you think about it, like in the context of like, I don't know, the the same band that wrote Police wrote this record, and those feel like two completely different worlds to to me, and I think most people who would, I don't know, throw those songs on. Uh, So that's kind of where they are at this point. Okay. Now, I know you you said that you might get emotional about this, which has probably put you at like a bias to probably thinking that this is their their best album but if you can no. be no okay so you don't think this is their best album not at all okay no and i i i'll say that real quick i don't think this is their best record i think this is a really interesting record i think it's really fun i think it is very influential in a lot of ways and i think it draws from a lot of influences too which i think is super cool but it in no means is their is this their best record i think if i was going to say one of their records was the best it's probably like i don't know 
the right thing to say is like I don't know epics and minutes or something like that or uh, hidden world but I don't know yeah. I really I really like chemistry of common life and actually I I love glass boys I think glass boys is such an underrated record um, I've never heard that one it's the follow-up to this one it comes between this and dose your dreams and it's uh, specifically a record that they said has nothing to do with the story of David which Otherwise, is a persisting story and character in all of their like major releases. So this is not the only album that focuses on the character of David. Not at all. As a matter of fact, in their first full-length record uh, called "Hidden World," there is a song. I think it's like the second track called "David Comes to Life." Okay. Um, and that is where it all starts, so to speak. But the rest of these albums, none of none of the other ones would be classified as like a. Uh, a, a an opera or a concept album or all their no. concept albums. Well, and that's the, that see, that's where we get into it. It's like, technically they all are, but they're all about the same concept. It's all about the same, like they essentially just have a character that they assign all of these things to like, okay, this time, this is what David's up to. This is what he's going through, whether it's really vague and vibe based, or it's very direct. Like this record, like this is exactly what's happening to him. Okay. If that makes sense. Sure. No, I think that makes sense. So do you think, I'm just trying to think like, what are, what's the, what are the right questions? Okay. First, why do you, I mean, I'm going to trust that you, you know more about this band than we do. Maybe I'm wrong. Sorry, Brian, if you think you're some sort of fucked up expert and I've just completely missed the I'm, I'm oh, far okay. from a fucked up okay. No, I think, I think Brian knows enough though. Sure. I, I absolutely believe that. Um, but what, do you have any notion of why the band doesn't like to associate this with the term rock opera? Uh, I was reading today about this, and uh, they they said because it's not like the songs aren't directly saying like what exactly happens all the time. Uh-huh. It's not like uh, it's not like he's reading a narrative necessarily. Okay. A lot of the things are like. Uh, you know, this thing happened. We're not necessarily going to say what the thing was uh, all the time, but this is how the character has reacted to it, or this is what the character is going through. Sometimes there's a bit more direct, like, okay, this is what's going on, but for the most part, it's a lot of, like, emotion and feeling and, you know, bridging the gap between the story with, like, I don't know, kind of your own imagination, so to speak. Okay. It's it's not, yeah, it's not as direct as, of a rock opera as, like, like I said, drawing back to Tommy, where it's like, this is exactly what's happening. He's doing these things, and I'm singing about it. It's, I think that's why they don't associate it with that. But every every music outlet refers to this as a rock opera or their rock opera, and I think that's fine. I, I don't okay. think it matters. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. Either. I'm just interested in why they would try to distance themselves from yeah. that. Yeah, and, and maybe they don't think that anymore. I think that interview was from around when the record came out. Uh, it's very possible that they're like, yeah, it's a rock opera. Who cares? Right, okay. Um, okay, so Brian, maybe at this point. So I've like I've been listening back to some of our old episodes. Um, we may or may not have had a Patreon episode where we discussed the international superheroes of hardcore. I don't remember. It may have actually been about the royal family that's kind of a blurry time for me uh we definitely talked about a hardcore band earlier this season called panty christ and i found that there's this like uh this recurring theme in our podcast that i'm often asking people to explain hardcore to me because i still just don't get it 
and no no one's done it yet. Um, so Brian, though, is is our as our hardcore expert. Is this album? Would you consider this hardcore? Is this an album you enjoy as a hardcore man, or well, yeah. where, where do you fall with this album? Um, yeah, I was thinking about that when I was listening to it today. I was like, it's it's it doesn't like. Um, I don't know. It feels really light compared to like something like Drop Dead or like mm-hmm. um, Napalm Death or whatever. Y- yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I totally know what you guys are talking about, so that's no. Great. Um, I I see what you're getting at though, Brian. Like, yeah, this record for sure is barely a hardcore record, and. I don't know. I, I think recently I've tried to define what defines a band as a hardcore band. And I think it's somehow defined by the fans. <laughs> um, I think if enough hardcore dudes show up to your show and they start two-stepping and moshing, it doesn't really <laughs> matter what kind of music you're playing. All of a sudden, I'm at a hardcore show. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so, like, when I went to see Tiger's Jaw on the self-titled tour, like... They played a few of their newer songs to start, and then they're like, okay, we're going to play the self-titled record now. And all of a sudden, I was at a hardcore show, and I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? And that's when I realized, oh, Tiger's Jaw must be a hardcore band, but only when they play their early stuff. And that was weird. Okay, yeah. Yeah, like, because all of a sudden, these kids came out of the woodwork. Like, they weren't here 10 minutes ago, and they start fucking throwing fists. And I'm like, bro, I was I was really just chilling a second ago. Right, Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, if you're yeah, not familiar guess, with their music, Brian, it's usually like very chill. No, I I, I know them. Or know sorry, them. Alex, I, I said I Brian. My bad. In a while, but oh, I'm really sorry. Know. I've just been. I kind of I blacked out over here. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I, I understand. I'm, I'm kind of just rambling here. Um, no, that's fine. Like I'm sure our listeners will love this. Like I'm I'm sorry. I just can't get into the hardcore discourse. It's just not. That's it's not fair. where my head it's, is at. <clears throat> it's like the only reason I enjoy it is because I think it's dumb as fuck. <laughs> like i think it's like so stupid but also like so interesting because it's i don't know it's all really vibe based i think <laughs> and yeah like yeah no, there are bands that i love just because of how stupid they are yeah right like like, like have you heard tsunami no i haven't but if it's stupid okay, I'm yeah that, that's a perfect example of what i'm talking yeah. about like when you think about the band fucked up it's like yeah there's like six fucking people on stage or whatever to play a hardcore song like really yeah <laughs> like that's stupid why do you need three guitar players to do that like the foo fighters don't need three guitar players <laughs> right like so like it's pretty stupid and like they i don't know like these like complex narratives that they you know make for themselves for their records that like not many people really care about that much but like it's there if you want to dig into it and i appreciate that sure yeah like okay. i think it gives i think it gives the band longevity is all i'm trying to say sorry alex no no you're, you're fine so i do want to dig into the, the specific story in just a minute but i think there's another question i had as we're kind of circling around this what is and isn't hardcore which i i don't think i'll ever be satisfied with anyone's answer but what I will say is, when, uh, Brian, when we talked about Panty Christ, you, uh, sorry, I was laughing at the name. I, uh, I'm so immature, I can't believe it. Okay. Um, 
you had talked about they had one song that was like three minutes, and you're like, they can get the fuck out of here with this because that's not that's not hardcore or whatever. <laughs> um, and and uh, Veronica, I think in our lost interview uh, ages ago, you had mentioned that you have like a lot of opinions on like what like the length of media and content and stuff. Yeah. So I am interested in both of your thoughts on this because Brian, I noticed that there's a song on here. There are multiple songs that are quite long, um, and then. <laughs> And Veronica, the the album itself is like an hour and twenty minutes or something like that, yeah. which is again quite long for especially a hardcore album. If I understand hardcore correctly, which admittedly maybe I don't. Yeah. So uh, let let's start with you, Brian. Like, do you, does it just piss you off when you hear like a five minute song that's supposedly hardcore or like? Yeah, like this album was like okay. So my thing with this band is that like I like the early singles, like the Police Seven Inches, one of the best Seven Inches. There is, um, and like Hidden Worlds, a really good album. But like after that, like I don't have fucking time for this band. <laughs> okay, no, it's a lot of time. I get it. Like, yeah, I just like they have like Year of the Moose or whatever. <laughs> like that's like I'm... eighty minutes long. We need to email someone. We need to email someone and fucked up and tell them to make Year of the Moose. <laughs> Oh, release it on fucking release it on fucking Canadian Independence Day or whatever. <laughs> sure, right on Canada. Let, that's perfect. Let's email uh what's the what's this pod what's the name of this podcast? Turned out a punk? Yeah. Let's, just, let's email him there and tell him like you're the moose. Let's do this thing. <laughs> God, that's so fucking funny. <laughs> so that's not one of them? <laughs> no, no, there's zodiac yet. signs. <laughs> Oh, yes. yes. So it's not. <laughs> there will never be a year of the moose. No. 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 The, and, sorry, the point that Brian's making is that the the Zodiac stuff are like. God. Yeah, sorry. Alex is just now getting it too. Oh, God. Uh, all of. Sorry. All of the Zodiac stuff are like. Oh, here's here's two songs and each of them are like 15 to 20 minutes long. Like, Jesus. Yeah, they literally release the decline every other fucking year. Like, Sounds fucking uh, awful. Yeah, Year of the Horse is four songs that are each between like twenty plus minutes long. But like, if you just sit it down and consume it as one thing, it's just like, oh, okay, it's a full length record, whatever. So, is there like an artistic value in that? Because when you say that, the first thing I think is maybe ten or fifteen years ago. Like Chappelle and I think Dane Cook had this contest of like who could do the longest stand-up set, and one of them did like a fourteen-hour set or something. It's like, well, what are you really proving? Like, it just seems like you're do- like it's long for the sake of being long. It probably was stopped being funny after the first ninety minutes. So, are well, they doing this ju- like a twenty-four hour show too? Well, yeah. right, but like, is it good or are they just doing it to prove? Is it just an endurance flex? Um, I think it's an endurance flex. Yeah. I think it's all marketing, PR. I think it's smart in a weird way. I mean, it's grueling, but you hear about a band that plays for a a 24-hour straight show, and you're like, oh, that's fucking sick. I'm going to go see that band live sometime, maybe. Like, like, I don't know. It gets your attention, I think. Hmm. Um, Okay. Like, and and that's, I mean, isn't all music just flexing? (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) That's why, sorry, as someone who's been in a few bands and I'm still in, I still do. That's all we do it for. (laughs) Right. We're all just trying to flex. We're all just trying to be like, look how good I am. (laughs) Right. Sure. Sure. Music is the world's biggest pissing contest, I guess. 
I mean, it's kind of like jerking off in your own mouth, but same thing. Haven't tried I mean, that until yet. You, <laughs> until you get famous, at least. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> until you until you can be famous enough to jerk off into other people's mouths. Mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm getting at. Um, right. Uh, what does this have to do with this record? I, I I don't know. So okay, Veronica. So <laughs> same same type of question for you. What is your opinion about? I guess first the length of some of these songs, and just that the mm. the overall album is is so fucking long. Like, yeah. does this does this hurt it or does this help it? Um, I think it hurts it from a casual standpoint. Uh, I mean, even maybe from like a serious listener standpoint or a fan of the band. But uh, I don't know. Like a lot of their stuff that's longer. I'll put on in the background or I don't know while I'm doing something where I'm kind of like in and out of focus, like playing a video game or, you know, maybe driving and also having a conversation or I don't know. I also smoke a lot of weed. So sometimes I like to just get real stoned and like drive around the block and listen to a record or something Mm -hmm. or, or throw a vinyl on or something and just hang out or do something else. And I, I think it's best for that. Uh, I think for like a, I don't know, if I was going to just listen to a few songs on this, I think the first like four or five songs, put those on a playlist, just just that. That's a great little playlist. Like that's a great run of songs that's not too, too mm-hmm. long to listen to. Okay. Um, so I, I don't know. That's that's sort of how I feel about it. Like you don't have to sit down and consume the whole thing if you don't want to. Um, obviously, it's supposed to be done that way, but right. it's a little harder to do it that way. Oh, Hi. My cat's joining in for this one. <laughs> That's funny. This is a cat-friendly pod for sure. Absolutely. Is, yeah. Um, but I do think I don't know. But I, I I think there are some people who just really enjoy listening to like music and to musicians like jam or whatever and. Maybe that's for them, and they really like this, and they like the musicality of it and all that shit. Um, I, I get that too, but at the same time, this band has plenty of short, fast, fucking actual hardcore songs, like right. und- und- undoubtedly hardcore songs, um, right. that you can just go enjoy, and like they're perfect for for that reason. Sure. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I think it's nice that they have a varied discography is maybe what I'm getting at uh, in the case of this band. I think, I don't know. I think with any band, like if you're willing to commit to a certain degree, you're kind of just willing to like take whatever they throw at you too. Oh yeah. Um, no, I think like once you're sold on a band, if there's, there's a large swath of people, that are just kind of sold for life regardless of what they put out. Yeah. And, and maybe I'd fall into that to some degree. There's some stuff they put out that I've only listened to like once ever. And I'm like, okay, that was fine. Uh, probably not going to come back to that. Like Year but, of the Moose. Yeah, yeah, like like the long lost Year of the Moose. Um, uh, but there's some stuff that just sometimes like it's good for a vibe and it's there and I'm familiar with the band and I'm like, oh, that's, you know, you know I'll throw that on. That's cool. I think they, they execute a lot of it well. Uh, a lot of times when they do these like weird experimental songs, it doesn't, it doesn't sound disingenuous. It doesn't sound like they're just doing it for no reason it feels like they've put a lot of effort into it. Um, and typically they have like year of the horse apparently has been like almost a decade in the making, uh, because it's so fucking complicated. Right. Uh, and there's just so many parts and shit to it. So like, you know, I appreciate that. I think that's cool. Okay. So, okay. So for me, for this album that we're talking about, David comes to life. This, this is what I'll say. This is where I'm just going to get my, my two cents out into the world. I'm so excited. Um, so, 
I've tried so many times to listen to this album all the way. I've just pulled up a, a, a Twitter DM conversation between you and I, Veronica, all the way since June. I've tried multiple times to, to get into yeah. this album. And it honestly, it really is good. The first, uh, uh, however many songs I always get through, which is probably like anywhere from five to seven. And I was like, yeah, this is really good. It's it's very samey to me because it's just, it just seems like the same kind of thing over and over again. But it is really good. And for a hardcore band, which again, I don't have a lot of experience with, I can understand some of the lyrics. So that's a plus. But I even today, knowing that we're going to be talking about it, I can just never get to the end. It just seems so long and to brian's point like i I don't have fucking time for this band like it's just it's (laughs) such a long album to try to get through but what i have heard i think it is really good and um shit i just lost my train of thought but oh i know like you had mentioned like sometimes you just get stoned and drive around the block and listen to to music or whatever I, i don't i don't get stoned but for like anything that happens in like where I need background noise, this would be very acceptable background music to just kind of have going and just kind of, you said it's very kind of vibe based and I get that. Mm-hmm. Like it's definitely something I could kind of vibe out to maybe not like a, like a mellow vibe, but definitely like, yeah. a, I need to stay upbeat type of vibe. But yeah, I hate to admit because I always give Brian so much shit. Like, you need to finish this book before we talk about it. You need to finish this album before we talk about it. You need to finish this music. But, and this is the first time in three seasons that I have come without having finished in its entirety the album we're here to talk about, which is partially the reason you're here tonight. Yeah. No, I – hey, like I said, I get it. Like, I don't I don't pass judgment when people are like, I just can't finish this fucking thing that you're into. And I'm like, yeah, that's why you're not into it. Like, <laughs> right, you know, sure, like, yeah. It, it didn't click with you in the same way, and that's totally understandable. I – do think there's some stuff in this band's discography that if I just sent you like isolated one song, I could maybe uh-huh. see you enjoying it because it sounds literally nothing like this and also nothing like anything they put out in the past. Okay. Um, there's stuff from Dose Your Dreams that just straight up doesn't even sound like this band. <laughs> like, okay. there, I think there's tracks yeah, where Damien like, doesn't even sing. It's got like a disco vibe to it. Yeah, like, it's got a, it's got a lot of. Vibes, Sorry, did dude. I just hear the word disco? Yeah. Yeah. There's okay. at least I one think song like that, that one. Yeah, yeah. I think, the, I think the, the title track I think uses like a disco beat. Um, but yeah, either way, it that album goes a lot of places. That's a whole another. Yeah, uh, that's podcast. that's that's not yeah. for right here. Yeah, yeah. But um, sorry. Uh, uh, sorry. What? Where, where were we? Just just remind me of what the question was again. There, there was no uh, question. I was just I was I gave my opinion and you were kind of responding. Oh, oh. So there was uh, not there was yeah, not a question yeah. currently posed. Okay, sorry, my bad. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally understand, like, not being able to get through this whole thing. I do think, like, if you ever were to try it, like, uh, the way they have it split up on the back of the record here, it's in, like, four acts. Okay. Um, I think act one, two, act three, four, those could almost be, like, just separate listen sessions. Like, like hey, like, let's listen to the first, like, whatever eight songs or whatever that's a record like let's not listen to this for a while and then come back and like oh truth i know through the rest of it that's a whole different vibe brings me different places i could listen to that too and maybe that's like advice that i need to take because i think the main reason that i have not gotten to it because like i said what i've listened to i wouldn't discount or even say that i didn't enjoy but my thing is i'm very much the type of person who listens to 
music, podcasts, whatever on commutes. And I'm blessed or cursed enough to have a very long commute to work. But it's still not long enough that I can get through this album. So then I'll get back in my car. I'm like, ah, I should really start over because this is like a story, right? Like I need to consume it all at once. And then I get home and, you know, I've got two small children that always demand my attention, rightfully so, that I can't just like set aside an hour and 20 minutes or whatever to try to listen to this thing all in one go. So I think part of it is just my own thing. Like, well, I have to listen to it all at once to understand what's going on, which is kind of dumb because I don't understand the lyrics enough to know what's going on half the time anyway. (laughs) And I think, I think to the point of this, this band itself, um, I think, I think you're just not the target audience and they know their target audience so well at this point in time and they still do like it they're they're for fucking stoners you know they're for people who have nothing to fucking do all day but listen to a goddamn hardcore record like like for for real like that's who it's for and they know that that's why they released you're the fucking horse like that's why they're that's why they're putting it on cassette and vinyl because people are buying them like because that's who they're selling to and and by the time david comes to life comes out they're a pretty successful band they clearly know how to do this so them going into the studio and being like hey let's write a rock opera that nate roos is gonna really enjoy uh and then they they did that yeah he hey he came on damien's podcast and said how much he loves this, this record oh so. i know that's the only episode of that podcast i've ever listened to because i always need to know what nate is up to that's fair i i've listened to that one and a few others too but but not many um but yeah so that's I don't know. That's kind of my response. I, I, I understand, but also, like, maybe it's just not for you, and that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, thank you. So, okay, so then maybe what I would ask now is can, can you walk us through this story? I understand it's a story. I've done a little bit of research on it, but from someone who has lived and breathed this album for so long and so many times, as I as I suspect you have, maybe you can tell us like, what is the story they're telling here? Um, so I took more pictures of the inside of the vinyl uh, sleeve thing just for reference because it has like a quick okay. synopsis of what is going on in each song. I think that very first track uh, that's just instrumental or like just that big like bass swell, let her rest. I don't think that's mm-hmm. meant to have any story to it because it's not listed here. Um, it's but very each, angels and airwaves is yeah way, is what the yeah, to- what I thought about the, the intro. A lot of this record has has a, a bit of that to it. I, I can I can see that. Um, but each song just has like a one sentence like summary of what's going okay. on. Uh, so it's not complicated. If you want, I'll just go through them. Please, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Queen of Hearts, uh, David and Veronica meet, who are the two main characters. Okay, um, I'll, let me stop you right there. You've mentioned yeah. that David has appeared in previous albums. Is this the only album in which Veronica appears, or at least the first? Uh, this is the only one. Okay. And okay. I think this is the only one that really... Well, I think this is the first one. By that, I mean I think there's only one other uh, that features really any other characters. Uh, okay. At least that have, like, names and roles and shit like that. Gotcha. Um, so, Queen of Hearts, which is, like, I think Fucked Up's maybe most popular song. Um uh, David and Veronica meet. Uh, I think this is in, is this in order? Yeah, it is. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, under my nose, their uh, their love mimics the symmetry of the natural world. Uh, the other shoe is this? Yeah, this isn't. This is. 
Okay. I think I'm that's so sorry. Because I was looking yeah. at some of them earlier. That sounds perfect. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to keep this flipped over so I can reference it. Cool. Fantastic. All right. The other shoe. Uh, happiness always comes with a price. Turn the season. Love's fuse ignites a consuming fire. Now, I can sum this up a little better than it is right now. Uh, I think they've said at this point in the story, like, like I said, David and Veronica meet. Uh, he is... He is a factory worker. He works at a light bulb factory. And I believe Veronica works at the same factory as him. Um, and so I think they're in, robots. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I, I think I think in that opening track in Queen of Hearts, uh, there's a line like lefties handing pamphlets, uh, co-workers coming in. I think it's implied that like Veronica is this like leftist, like radical and he's just like some factory worker and he sees her and like just immediately falls in love with her uh, as she's, you know, handing out a leaflet okay. of some sort. Uh, okay. Very quickly in the story, they fall in love. It's super intense. Uh, and then she dies really soon. Like she dies, I think, I think turn the season is supposed to be where she dies. Um, and oh, she shit. dies in a bomb blast in the factory. Like something explodes in the factory and she is killed in that bomb blast. Then I think, like, okay. the next several songs, uh, let me see where I'm at, Running on Nothing, yeah. Uh, Another Loss Leads David to Depression, Remember My Name, David Condemns Love in His Lonely Solace, mm -hmm. A Slanted Tone, Vivian Brings a New Perspective to the to the, to the the Four, I think is what it says. Um, Sorry, who's Vivian? Uh, Vivian is the next character who ends up getting introduced. I think the next, like, two songs after Veronica dies are mostly just David, like, mourning uh, okay. Kind of trying to continue on life, trying to figure out what happened, him learning of the news. Okay. Uh, and then this girl Vivian comes along. <clears throat> sorry. Uh, and she kind of sheds a new light on what had happened, uh, gives him some sort of like reckon, uh, some sort of uh, like closure in a way. Uh, maybe not fully, but like she gives him some information, I believe, on what happened in the bomb blast. And I believe even names who's responsible for it, too. Um, okay. Uh, and then I believe that's followed by Serve Me Right. David turns his back on love as his cul uh, culpability is outlined. So I think he's like, he's going through the stages of grieving, I think, within this, this story as well. Um, like love, okay. loss, you know, mourning a loved one who you were really connected with, but also you didn't know that for, for very long. Um, uh, I think, what is coming up here? Truth I Know? Yeah, so we're in the second act here. Yeah, that's uh, where we're at, yeah. Cool. Uh, truth I know, Octavio, the narrator, is revealed as a participant in the events of the play. Um, so apparently this is being narrated by a guy named Octavio. Okay. The, ba the band's great at just introducing shit, like, out of the blue. <laughs> right. Uh, and just expecting you to accept it. But, yeah, so the the in the second half of the story is when things kind of start to unravel. The fourth wall starts to break. Um Okay. Both this and Life in Paper, the next song, uh, in which it says, David questions Octavio's motives and his role in the plot. So between these two songs, it's revealed to us that there's a narrator named Octavio. He is, I believe, responsible for Veronica's death, at least responsible for the explosion in the factory. Oh. But he's also the narrator. Okay. So, like, he's both the antagonist and, you know, like, the, <laughs> it's, it's super strange how that is. And then Life in Paper is, I think, David actually realizing that He's in a play. Like okay. he, he realizes that his whole life is a story being told by someone else. 
okay. not just and yes it's a story being told by octavio but also it's literally a story being told by people in our real world okay um so that's Whoa. where it all kind of, yeah it gets like kind of trippy in this part <laughs> i guess in, in that way and that's that's where i think it's kind of interesting very abed-esque yeah and i mean the whole breaking of the fourth wall thing that's i know it's a trope i know it's overused um <laughs> Uh, I think Ship of Fools here says the personified David and Octavio spar in a side story. Um, yeah, I read I read about this one in like this big interview they did about the uh, the record when it came out, like a song by song breakdown. Okay, this one was a little confusing. I think like there's literally like a whole side story where they're literally on a boat, like fighting the the two of them. Uh, nice. But like I said, everything's kind of breaking down at this point. So it sort of right. makes sense that just like there's this random scene where they're just on a boat because now we know that, you know, none of this is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a little death here. I think it's a, a, a little death is what they call an orgasm, right? That is, uh, yeah, I believe in Britain that is a, a euphemism for orgasm. Interesting. Because they have a lot of euphemisms. What, what for is? A, a little, little death. death. Oh, I know yeah. that thanks to plus 44. So that's where I get all my knowledge is from Mark Hoppus. Interesting. Oh, uh, but little, a little death here says defeated and resigned to his fate. David rationalizes his loss, thinking himself better off without love. So he's like, he's given up at this point. He's like, I can't possibly best the, the, you know, like literal God kind of. <laughs> um, and like, right. you know, my girlfriend's Wait, dead, is Octavio like, God. Not necessarily, but he may as well be. He's the narrator. Like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, so I always he doesn't just, represent God, or I'm not really sure. I don't think they cover that. But um, I always thought that the narrator in a story was essentially God. You know, like every time there's like a self-aware narrator in a story, they're like, oh, I can just change things whenever I want because I say them. Right. That's what I've always thought. I don't okay. know. <laughs> but we're in the last act here. Uh, sure. With I was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vivian reveals she was present at the scene of the crime. So apparently she was there during the explosion. I don't know what that has to do with anything. Okay. Um, inside a frame, Octavio reveals his true role. So yeah, I think I think this at this point in the story, um, like David's getting the full story of what happened. Um, okay. I don't necessarily know what Vivian had to do with it. I don't know if that's talked about very heavily. I Like I said, I read through them talking about the record. A lot of it is just like vibes and like, hey, things have happened to this guy and he's feeling bad. <laughs> Let's see here. One more night. David shares his last words with Veronica. So this one I do remember oh, reading on. about. Oh, sorry. Can we go back? I didn't hear you cover the recursive girl. Was there anything oh, you know oh, about that one? Oh, my bad. I missed that one. Sorry. Uh, the recursive girl. Vivian considers the cycle of life and explains her history with David. So apparently she has a history with David that he may not know about. Uh, okay. That he's, he's learning. He's learning like literally everything he's ever known is a lie, essentially, I think at this okay. point in the story. Uh, then one more night is David shares his last word with, with Veronica. And they did say that this is meant to be like him kind of seeing a ghost or, okay. uh, you know, something that's supposed to bring him like actual closure and actual like, I got to say goodbye to you type thing. Uh, right. Even though she's been dead for quite some time at this point uh, right. in the story. And then lights go out is David comes to life with love in his heart. And lights go out is interesting because I think the way that the story ends, if I, if I remember them talking about it correctly, the band is that David essentially 
gives up at the end and kind of says like, well, you know, I can either wallow in this and let this define me forever, or I can just go back to work and do it all again. And I guess he just chooses to do it again because if he does it again, he can at least experience love again. Now, okay. I think Spotify, I just want to clarify something here because I'm, I'm just reading through the tracks on Spotify that calls it lights go up. Is Spotify wrong or did you misspeak there? Uh, this says lights go up. What did I say? Lights go out. Oh, sorry. It is lights go up. My bad. Okay. Okay. My bad. So he just chooses to continue living basically the same story over again is what you're saying? Yes. Yes. It is. It's implied that uh, everything just kind of repeats when he goes back to work at the end of the story. Okay. So that, again, I've never gotten that far in the story. What I will say about this album is I remember very, maybe not, maybe I'm just making this up, but I swear I have a memory of listening to our father podcast, Blink-155, and Sam and Josiah talking about, and I think they were joking, but they basically said, like, at one point that the end of the album is revealed that it's just like a bunch of punks in a mall making shit up or something, but maybe that was just a joke, but I always thought that was like, that's exactly how the story ended, was it was just like, there was actually no deeper meaning, it was just like... So, like, all right. So there's some truth in that. Uh, so like like I said, the song Life in Paper is supposed to be him learning that he is a story on paper. Okay. The actual entire record, like as far as the lyrics and the narrative, uh, Fucked Up met up at like a mall in Toronto okay. after they had like written most of the music to it. And they're uh-huh. like, okay, like let's all meet up and actually like figure out what this record's about. Like we're gonna write a narrative about it. We're gonna oh. set the story somewhere. Uh, like the story has a whole like setting and everything. Like it's set in England in the seventies, I think. Um, okay. Yeah, like th- there's a whole backstory, and they did all of that at a mall food court. And cool. I think that's what they were getting at there is that like okay. the narr- yeah, the- David learns that his life is a story being written by some dudes at a mall food court. Okay. <laughs> and whether that's directly covered in it i don't think so i don't think there's a direct reference to that but i I think that's what the the joke they're making was gotcha okay i think that's uh i think that explains the story brian do you have any questions about about the story they're telling here it's a little vague um not really i didn't really pay attention to it when i was like listening to the album which I, i have to admit i fell asleep during that's so unlike you yeah yeah and like I, i'd wake up every now and then and hear like a really cool punk riff and then like the hell yeah. came in and be like okay yeah this is this sounds about right but you've heard this album before though right like you've you've actually made it through this album awake correct um at some point in your life i don't know about this one great <laughs> It's fine. Uh, like, it's all kind of the same. Like, if you've made it through the first half, you've basically heard the second half. And gotcha. honestly, yeah. the first half is better. I think The Other Shoe is maybe, like, one of their best songs ever. Uh, it, it, it's, like, a top three for me, for them. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, so in, in a minute here, we'll get into our typical thing we do with albums, which is live live videos and covers. But... I think maybe now at this point, I want to talk about uh, why I've asked you to be on here. Aside from, you know, your your expert knowledge, you've, you've enlightened me a lot. But more importantly, um, I've just kind of gathered through some of the things you've said on your podcast and some of the things you've said 
to me that this is a really important album to you. If you don't yeah. mind, I'm just going to read back a couple of things you said to me back in June when I had mentioned that I was trying to get through this album. Go uh, for said, it. I don't remember what I said. Okay. You said, David Comes to Life is like an incredible album. Like maybe it just hit me at the right time, but I've loved it since I first listened to it. And then it's really concept heavy, but I think all the music is good on its own. And to be honest, has some of their best songs on it. Like The Other Shoe just holds up so well as its own thing that you don't even need the record for context. But having the context makes it hit really hard, I think. Yeah. Uh, I've learned, and then I mentioned that like it was hard for me because like like hardcore lyrics or vocals are hard for me to understand. And you said, I've learned to hear Damien's voice, so it's a little easier for me. It's worth reading the Wikipedia summary of the album's plot. I have this big insert in vinyl sleeve, which you've referenced already, that is like a playbill for the whole record that explains every, quote, act of the, quote, play. Even with a brief summary and some lyrics up in front of you, it ends up feeling like you've seen a really well-executed local theater production. Nothing too insane plot-wise, and really nothing new, but it's done with passion, and in context of the band is such an interesting venture to take. Uh, sorry, I've lost my place here. It's cool. I was probably kind of high when I wrote that. <laughs> uh, but it sounds it's, like uh, it. And I'm oh, sorry, I guess that was the end of the message. And oh, okay. it probably helps to listen to a couple of their earlier tracks when they just played hardcore to get the scope of how far they were, how far removed it is from where they were. Maybe this is all just in my head, but hey, I really enjoy the record. So like that, that kind of back and forth has kind of always stuck with me. And because I'm such a poor planner, it wasn't until the day we were planning to record this album. I was like, oh, I should reach out to Veronica and see if she wants to be on this episode. So yeah. Uh, first of all, apologies for that. Secondly, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. But maybe help me understand, because we talked at length about um, Behind the Paywall, about albums that really mean a lot to us. For me, it's Everything in Transit um, by Jackson Anakin. Brian has a few he's talked about. But I, I really want to understand, what does this album mean to you and, and why? Uh, I don't know. Like, I... Something about the story hit me really hard. Uh, the relationship between the characters. Um, I think the other shoe, especially, like to to use that song as like the the kind of shiny example on this record. Okay. Um, okay. That song uses like some really interesting like religious imagery that calls back really well to what's going on in the story. That when all of it kind of lines up and you're like, oh, like he's referencing like this real thing that's connecting with this thing but also like could just connect with some dude listening to the song who doesn't fucking know anything about david or any of that shit um right. uh th that could really hit hard uh and I, I don't know like i found i found some inspiration in like the like there's a hopelessness to a lot of it but there's also a lot of hope that comes back there's a lot of like very real emotion in this that I think like people really go through. Um, it, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like a super, super, uh, I don't know, it's a super made up story, obviously, but like, right. you know, when you lose a loved one or, you know, when, when life changes in such a heavy way so fast uh, and all you can do is really brace, you know, brace for it. Like that's a lot of what this record is saying is like, you know, everything can change your whole life can be turned upside down at any moment and you just kind of have to roll with that sometimes okay and i i think that's what a lot of it is saying i think um uh uh 
sorry um i had to i had to give frank something uh uh i don't know i think that was hitting me really hard and i always come back to that idea like you know all this could just come crumbling down at any moment like all mm-hmm. of it could be gone like the biggest or smallest thing could happen and, and everything could change and sometimes right. you just have to embrace that and do your best with what you're given and that's right. what happens in this record i mean like david falls in love so fast and so heavily and then like not only is his life changed in that way but he very quickly realizes after that that like everything's a lie like it, and none of it really matters and so uh-huh. he's like well i'm just gonna live my life the way i can and the way that i know how and uh, you know there's a respect to that i think and this isn't the beginning or the end of david's story in any way there's a lot more right. to this but this snapshot of it i think is really interesting um okay. and like if i may get Oh, gosh. Sorry. If I may get a little emotional here before we start Please. the video section. Absolutely. Um, uh, obviously, if sorry, if anyone's not familiar, I go by toes.exe on the internet. That's my Twitter handle. Follow me for some really unhinged tweets. Sorry, <laughs> just to just to help make sure you get the right uh, recognition, your Twitter handle is actually at exe toes. Oh, sorry. So if, if anyone's to- listening, at exe toes is who you should follow. Sorry. If you if you search toes.exe just in a search you'll, bar, you'll, yeah, you'll find, find me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I have decent SEO. Um, I think I think so. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so it, you may know me as that on the internet. If you find me, um, I go by Veronica in real life. I'm a trans woman. Um, welcome to that. And I, I get my name from this record. I get my name from this character, as a matter of fact. Um, okay. I went by I was wondering different... the, the whole time. Yeah, and sorry, this is the big reveal. I was actually going to say it earlier, and I just kind of forgot to, and then we got on a different topic, and I was like, whatever. Um, but So I get my name from this, and it, it doesn't have anything to do with really the story or anything. I really liked the name, and I, I picked it, and I don't know. I connected with it, and... It felt right at the time. So mm-hmm. that's where I get it from. Uh, hey, big surprise. It turns out a lot of trans people do that. <laughs> um, they take right. the name of a character that, or a person or whatever that they really like uh, or that they find some meaning in. And that's what I did. Uh, so I kind of owe a lot to this record for that. Uh, so I always come back to it. I don't listen to it a lot uh, necessarily. I'll throw a track or two on sometimes. Sometimes I'll sit and listen to it again. But it's not like a regular on my playlist. I skip plenty of these when they come up. Um, But that's what I wanted to say was all it, it it really connected with me in, you know, the emotions that it expressed. I thought the music was really cool. I thought, wow, this is a really neat thing for this kind of band to do at this point in time. And it kind of just helped me through a time also when like, I felt like my life was changing a lot. Right. You know. mm-hmm. Well, so that's, yeah. that's what Thank it means you. to me. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I think, yeah, yeah, I think that kind of helps kind of helps me understand at least why maybe, I mean, maybe it doesn't necessarily help me understand why it's such an important album. Although you, I think you've explained that, but it helps me understand maybe the, uh, the scope of how important it is to you, like to, to make a decision like that and say, it's cause you connect to connected to something on this album. I think, yeah, that, that kind of, really sums up what this must mean for you yeah and like the character in the album isn't exactly very deep or anything like that there's not <laughs> right yeah there's not much much to it i mean she's only alive for uh like three or four, four songs right yeah, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> if, you, if you count the first track yeah um <laughs> but uh 
I don't know. Sometimes just something feels right and you go with it and you roll with it. And sometimes your whole fucking life changes because of it. But, uh, right. you know, it, it's what we, it's, it's what happens. And yeah, uh, sometimes it's not your choice. Sometimes it is. I don't know. But I, that's why this record means so much to me. But I've also come to understand that, you know, not everything that means something to me is going to mean something to the next guy or girl or whoever. Um, so that's cool too. Gotcha. Okay. Well, okay. That's that's great. Um, should we get into some some videos here? I don't know. I whenever we talk, you never have your camera on, which is fine. But I don't know if that means you can see my screen if I share it. Or oh not. no, I can see it. Let me just okay. uh, bring Zoom back up. Okay. Turn my little. Oh yeah, there we go. I can see you just fine. Perfect. Let's. It's mostly because you wouldn't be able to see me anyways in this room. Like, it's so dark in here. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Like, like honestly, if I put the camera on, A, my phone, like, uh, is in the worst case, so I can't, like, stand it up against anything. Uh, it's, like, super rounded on the side, so oh, it just really? falls. Yeah, it's, it's, I have an iPhone, what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you get an Android, yeah, just, that's what you do. You know... Maybe one day, maybe one day when I, when Steve Jobs lets my fucking asshole go, gets his finger, his finger out of my, my butthole, uh, I'll, I'll do that, you know? Okay. I know he's dead, but he's still firmly in there. Uh, all right. That's, that's weird. Okay. Now, have you ever seen, <laughs> have you ever seen Fucked Up Live? I guess we, we didn't talk about it. Is this been oh. seen live? No, but I am going to go see them next month. Oh, really? Okay. And Oh, fuck. Sorry. Oh, I should say this, too. Uh, they're doing the David Comes to Life tour. Uh, it's the 10-year it's the oh. anniversary of David Comes to Life. They're playing the whole record. Uh, wow. And I'm seeing them, yeah, I'm seeing them next month in Columbus. Uh, I'm really excited. That, yeah, that's super exciting. Yeah. Okay. So, well, this all just kind of lined up, you know? <laughs> right, for sure. Okay, well, let's check out a few, a few live videos here. This is yeah. them playing... Uh, Oh, wow. This video may be inappropriate for some users. Oh, what video uh, well, is this? It's them playing Queen of Hearts live um, uh, from 2011. Oh, this, yeah, I've seen this video. Yeah. That's weird. It's not inappropriate in any way. This is our first song. Hello, sir. Called Queen of Hearts. You know, Ben Cook is not in the band anymore. I don't know who that oh, is. Uh, he's the guy in the sunglasses right there. Okay. Yeah, apparently he's not in the band anymore as of, like, this year. Oh, wow. Okay. Do we know why? Uh, I think he's just busy. Oh, okay. From, yeah, what, I'm, does, from what I gathered. There's a project called Young Dub that's quite good. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty popular, apparently. Oh, and the, 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 the band has a female in, in their lineup, is that correct? Yeah, their bass player. Yeah, the bass player. Oh, wow, I did not, did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, they basically, had, research. they basically had the same lineup for, I think, the whole time. I think they had a maybe different drummer at first. But it's mostly just been them. I'm not getting a great frame rate here, but I'm familiar with this video, and I, I think it's a good performance. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a really good performance. Yeah, I mean, they, uh, most of the videos I see of them live, it's like Damien could give a shit about how good he's doing and the rest of the band is just holding him up. But <laughs> right. he's there to put on a show and like to be the big hardcore guy screaming. And I think that's like perfect. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's I mean, that that's that serves a role. Yeah. Okay, this next one, I actually have a question 
for you, Brian, about this because I saw you and I think Will for Thrill going having a discourse about this maybe a month ago or so. Um, this is fucked up performing the other shoe on George Strumbolopoulos. And you guys were, I believe, talking about how your moms really like this guy. Who is this guy? Oh, he's like George Strumbo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like this big music personality in Canada. Okay. God, who? what's like the American version of him? Ryan Seacrest? No. Uh, no, no okay. he's more of like, isn't he kind of a late night guy? Or does he just do music? I don't know. Because, like, he does the whole House of Strombo things where he has, like, bands come over to his house and play um, or something. I don't know. I, I don't know who I'd compare him to. But, yeah, he's some big Canadian TV personality with a really funny last name. Okay. And, Brian, your mom thoroughly enjoys him? Is that is – that, am I remembering no, that correctly? Like, I was just in her car the other, like, like a week or two ago. Um, and she had his radio show on for some reason. Okay. I don't know if she knew him or whatever. Okay. Well, yeah, that's the only reason I picked this video is because I know I saw you talking about this online recently. So this is them playing the other shoe on George Strombolopoulos tonight. Right, you're back here on the program from the heights of the Polaris Prize to the widths of a rock opera. This is one of our favorite bands uh, going right now. This is a dynamite album called. It looks like this is from December of 2011. Uh, And fresh, you may remember their Christmas performance right when it came out. Excited to have. Okay, so that's see, I don't even know what year it came out. Yeah, it came out in 2011. Okay. We just felt that the praise. Okay, got there's like an intro. Here. Yeah, there's there's a little bit. There you go. Man, I this song fucking rules. Like, mm. I, it's such a simple little riff they start with, and then they just keep like building and building until it's like, I don't know, until he gets to that line. Uh, fuck, what is it? Uh. Uh, at least we know Judas had the balls to make a move on these building doubts. Uh, he knew how this Messiah would play out. Something like that. I don't know. It's somewhere around that. The, si- the song just fucking takes off. Mm-hmm. So obviously, there are some female vocals on this album, but it doesn't look like it's the bass player who performs them. Who is it that performs the female vocals? Uh, live? Uh, well, this is just... I don't know. This is some Canadian singer that they brought on that I don't know the name of. Uh, okay. Because it's live TV, you know. Uh, sure, but live, like in the Queen of Hearts video, the like the female vocals are just done between their bass player and I think Ben Cook actually does them in that video. Um, uh, so it's just a combination of them, like you know, making up for it. But do you know who does it on the actual album? It might be this lady. I don't know. Okay. Uh, they they have like, especially in their later releases, they have like so many guests on their records. Like Dose Your Dreams is just fucking lined with guest vocalists. Like I said, there there are whole songs on that record that Damien doesn't sing on. Oh really? Yeah, just straight up. Like n- not many, but like yeah, yeah for sure. And then a lot of the other bandmates have been like doing more vocals lately too, um, here and there. But. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's always like a cast of like Canadian singers and people that they that they know from the music industry. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into some covers now. This is a cover of Queen of Hearts. It says Annie Petite cover 
don't know what I've that means. I've seen this cover. I don't really know who this person is. So is Annie Petit the name of this person? Because it's just in parentheses, so... Yeah, it's like... I think it's her and, like, a band maybe playing. Yeah, yeah, I've seen this. Let's, let's kind of go to the middle. I think she starts the song, like, right away, too. Like Celtic or something? It's, it's like a, it's like a yeah, she has some sort of accent there. I think she might just be British. Oh, I think she's British and also doing the Halsey voice. <laughs> okay. At the same time. Oh, I don't know if you have this on your playlist, but do you guys know the band Pup? I do have that right here. So let's let's go on to that. I've got Pup. I, I'm not oh, super sick. familiar with them outside of. Um, Blink-155, but I do have uh, a cover of them here playing uh, Queen of Hearts. Pup is as, so good. As part of a, some a sort of series. Hater. You're a pup what? hater? Yeah. You're a pup hater? That's... Come on, man. Why well, you gotta hate on Pup? Sounds like the Burnout Every... soundtrack. It sounds like the Burnout soundtrack? Do you not <laughs> like the Burnout soundtrack? <laughs> You're not familiar? Or do you not... Do you not like the Beastie Boys? Come on, man. <laughs> They're on the Burnout Pup. soundtrack? I don't know. I, they should be. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. I, I really like Pup. I've been following them a long time since... Uh, actually, since their first record came out. I saw them on that tour. Uh, when they toured oh. with like the Menzingers in 2014. They were super good. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I like Pup. I, I don't know. But it's probably not it's, not... it's not music for Brian, I don't think. Okay, no. well, here they are playing Queen of Hearts. Now tube. <laughs> now tube, yeah. This place that ripped me out of my dreams. Realize it lies away. That's a risk. Well, the guy playing the drums looks like Damien. A little bit, actually. Like, I think they're from the same city as Fucked Up. And because I've researched this heavily, I know what city that is, but maybe Toronto. if you could tell our listeners... Oh, okay. Of course, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the, only, the only city in Canada that matters. <laughs> right, yeah. That's that's definitely true. Yeah. I'm saying that in the CanCon season, too. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> Okay, this is someone named Eric Dean also doing a cover of Queen of Hearts. It's okay. Got, it's got like some thick glasses here. I don't know what type of wow. cap that is. Um, is just... Oh. I haven't heard this. Sounds like against me. Yeah. It does sound like against me. I like it. Yeah, that's actually a cop. I, I, like, I like against me. Yeah, hell yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think that was good. Alex, it's up yeah. to you if you want to edit out my bong rips. I've been muting the mic, but I realize I'm not muting like my recording mic. <laughs> 
Oh, so, nice. <laughs> so up to you on that one. I think I've only done it twice. That's fine. Whatever. I mean, if I edit around all the stuff Brian does, I'm sure I can handle a couple of bong rips, so. <laughs> <laughs> Let's clip Alex saying, I'm sure I can handle a couple of bong rips. <laughs> right. That's all that we need from this episode, really. <laughs> um okay i i don't i don't want to spend all that on this this is the last one i've got i mean i've got others but this is the last one i'm going to play this is a band called maps for travelers um they're doing an if they put it an effed up cover and it's uh other shoe and it's from something called the middle of the map fest so okay they're covering the other shoe fun so let's see what this is all about I don't think I've heard anyone cover this song yet. Oh. Okay. Okay. So stoked to hear how they do the vocals. Oh, nice. Okay. He's kind of doing it in like a, a modern rock voice that I don't like that much, but I do like this cover though. I'm sorry, how does this sound any different than Damien's voice? It just sounds it's like just screaming. This is the cadence he's using. I think. I don't know. I guess it's no different. Yeah, you're right. Oh, okay. So we've got a trumpet player here, which oh. reminds me, were there horns on this album? I swear there are songs where I hear horns. Oh, probably, yeah. So, I mean, I think that was a very like straight-ahead cover which it was good i I enjoyed that but yeah the trumpet definitely piqued my interest because i remember driving around today listening to this thinking do i hear horns yeah there's definitely some like i mean there's horns there's full-on like string sections there's all sorts of shit on this record does that make this a ska album maybe (laughs) i think danny (laughs) can answer that for us we'll let danny answer on twitter but i'm just gonna declare right here that fucked up's david comes to life is a ska album so you know it can be a ska album to you, Alex. Anything with horns is a ska is ska. If I learned anything from our, our episode with Danny, that's what it was. <laughs> I think my drummer would have something to say about that. He used to be in, he was in a ska band, yeah. so I think um, Danny will have something to say about that too, but I'm pretty sure I'm right, so it's fine. Right, cool. As long as it sounds like something that you want to eat mozzarella sticks to or something, I don't know. Danny will help me figure this all out. <laughs> Well, um, is there anything else you guys want to know from me? Anything else you want from me? Well, before we before we get to final thoughts, I do have one last thing that I want to share here. And that, so as we know, in most of the episodes we've done this uh, this season relating to music, I, I've, I've recruited the help of others to, to get some sort of cover. Um, now, Veronica, you were kind enough to do a Weaker Than's cover which turned out phenomenal, by the way. Oh, thank um, you. That was really fun. 
Yeah. And so I, the whole thing with like asking you to do the weaker thens was I wanted to find, I wanted people to do bands that they weren't familiar with. So the person I reached out to for this one, I was like, I don't think they'll know this one. And they were like, Oh shit, I'm super stoked because I fucking love this album. It's like my favorite album ever. <laughs> I was like, Oh god damn it. And oh, so wow. then like, <laughs> and I felt bad because I was like, I know this album means a lot to you. And then I didn't want you to be like offended that I didn't ask you to cover this, but I just want to go on the record here saying I had no idea this person liked this album. Um, but we did get a cover from Make Belief. Unfortunately, oh, nice. So, so at the end of this, we have to pretend we really liked his vocals because he doesn't have vocals on it yet, but he's going to submit something to me before this episode drops. Oh, okay, um, sick. So this is an instrumental version. Um, I said, you know, is there anything you want me to, to say when introducing it? And Skyler, a.k.a. Make Belief, said... It's the song Turn the Season, so that's the one he's chosen. It doesn't have the vocals yet, and there are a few more guitar edits to make, but the vibe that I'm going for is there. It's one of my top ten albums of all time. I think it's almost perfect. Uh, I listen to the album front to back when I go running. It's my go-to running music, perfect for getting stoked. Oh, wow. Okay. So, I mean, this at this time, it's an instrumental version. That's what we're going to hear here. But our listeners are going to hear the full version. So here is Make Belief with Turn the Season. This is a make-believe track. Oh, sure. Yeah, this definitely has all the all the hallmarks so far. doing some interesting things with panning that I really like. I don't know if that's coming through outside of my computer. But... No, it's all mono for me, but it still sounds good. heard this song but i can't remember it well enough to know i mean obviously nothing on this album sounds like this i don't think yeah it's hard to say where the lyrics might be coming in (laughs) right he also could be doing like an entirely different melody
but yeah, there, there it is. Good job on the vocals, Skylar. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. awesome. I loved what you were going for. Yeah, the singing was just like top notch, and I'm sure all our listeners will agree. Yeah, probably, the, probably yeah, the, best the vocals part. were the best part. Absolutely, they were. <sighs> okay, um, Brian, let's start with mm-hmm. you. Final thoughts on fucked up. David comes to life. Um. Yeah, it's not. It's not a bad album to vibe to and smoke weed to. Are there um, any bad albums to smoke weed to? Oof. There are, yeah. There yeah, are yeah for sure. Harsh about, or mellow. Or whatever. What about Play by Great Big C? Yeah, that that was that was a bad one. <laughs> it's a bad one to get high to? It seems like that'd be a great one to get high to because it sucks so bad. You just want to be high and not think about how awful it is, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Okay. But it really took me out of my, of my element in a bad way. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I think this. I think this is probably a great album. What I've heard of it is really good. I, I'm hoping one day I get through it. Maybe a road trip by myself, which I don't think will ever happen again. But maybe one day I will get through this album and I will be able to report back to the Grundle that yeah, it's pretty good. Um, so, so, Veronica, because you're our guest and and the one maybe that knows the most about this album and cares about the most, I want you to have the final word. What is what is the final thought oh. on? On David Comes to Life by Fucked Up. Uh, <clears throat> it's a big stepping stone for this band. And I think it's something that they made to have some sort of staying power. Um, I think it does have that. I think it's connected with enough people that that must be true. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know. I, I hope people continue to discover it and enjoy it the way that I have. Uh, despite, you know, discovering it like you know, eight, nine years down the road after it's come out. Um, (laughs) And I don't know, this band's clearly inspiring to a lot of people. And I mean, from the covers we saw, it clearly still is. Uh, Right. So go see this band if you can. They're super fun live from what I've seen. And I'll be doing that soon here myself. Uh, I don't know. I love this band. I, I like Fucked Up. I think they're fun. All right. Perfect. Thank you so much. Before we let you go... Is there anything you have to plug other than your podcast, which we mentioned earlier? Uh, yeah, go check that out. Um, my band's probably going to release some new music soon enough or record some or fucking try to. I don't know. I'm in a band called the Southside Choir Boys, though. Uh, listen to us on Spotify. Get our fucking streaming numbers up. Um, we weren't on any end of the year raps, and we're pretty pissed about that. <laughs> <laughs> that it wasn't even on our own. <laughs> Not even on your own? Okay, well. No. Yeah, no one to blame but yourselves then. I, I mean, I don't use Spotify, so you're 100% right. <laughs> <laughs> it's my fault. All right, yeah. So go check out Southside Choir Boys. Check out the past episodes of Thank You for the Podcast. We we have confirmation here that there is more in the works. So Absolutely. Keep a lookout for that. Follow follow Veronica at Toes. And the podcast at thanks for the pod. There's some vowels. I don't know. This is the same joke I make every time. It's getting old, but I'm never going to stop. Um, yeah. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for being here, Veronica. And, and thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you so much for having thank me. Thank you. Yeah. The Zeitgeist Lab Collections Podcast, hosted by Brian and Alex, edited by PolySci Alex, executive produced by Pam Blurry for Itchy Grundle Podcast.